I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we give out fake awards on the movies for 1999 from here in the Shrine Auditorium in 2000. This is our last one and I screwed it up. That's appropriate. In 2022, I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I am Philisco. And here it is, guys, boys and girls, the episode you've been waiting for for five long years. Crazy. Who are Kenny and Phil going to pick in their re-Oscar? Now we've watched every movie. We have. We really have. So we we've done a better job than every Academy member has ever done. That is true. These are the actual winners. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, this was hard. Uh, I so this was. You sent me the the nominations. I don't know, probably I want to say like about two weeks ago now. Something along like those the lines. The categories, you mean? Yeah, the categories, that is. Yeah. Um, and I kind of was like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And then like last night, I'm like, oh, this is actually gonna to be really to hard to do. Yeah, it's time to get to I, it. really I definitely uh I definitely struggled with 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 a lot of these. But I'm you know, listen, I feel good about it. I I I'm I'm sure you do too. Um, it's, yeah, it's, this I, is a culmination of, of five years of, of watching what, like probably close to 300 movies, something along those lines. Uh, yeah. I don't know what the final count is, but it's close. It's in, you know, it's in that neighborhood for sure. It's in that neighborhood. Um, yeah. you know, this was, it, it's interesting. I, and I don't know if you had this Kenny, as you were doing this, but I was like, it, <laughs> there's a finality to it. 
in the sense that like this feels like the the I, I don't even really know what the best way to describe it is, but I felt a lot of pressure because well, I felt it, like <laughs> it feels a little bit like a final exam. It did, you I was know, like, a fuck. little bit like that, like the last yeah. final exam you take yeah. before yeah. you graduate and go off into the you know real world. Um, yeah, no, I, I, but I've been, you know, I've been more or less keeping like tabs forever. So I not on like look. Yeah. everybody people yeah uh we are doing every oscar category with the exception of a few that are dumb um and some dumb for us that, that, for that, us. We, that yeah. we couldn't do yeah we're doing some silly ones no 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 we're doing the we're, we're not doing any of our typical silly ones like the uh right. like the spilt like like the 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 rancid milk award yeah we're it's doing a celebration uh, guys Yes, this is a celebration. We're doing like the like what the critics are doing now, the critics' choice where they do best comedy and whatever. And uh, Phil did. Phil and I did not discuss like what our parameters are. So you know that will also I think be part of this. What makes a comedy? What makes a thriller? Uh, We'll be doing our uh, our ten most surprising films, and we'll be doing our personal twenty five best films of the year. Yeah, I believe that'll happen at the end because that's the most personal. Yeah, it, but, you know, uh, I'll, I'll say this too. With the ten most surprising, um, they weren't all first watches for me. I don't know if they were for you. Some were they, surprising in terms of a reappraisal. They were, I think, all first watches for okay. me. But there were only a they, couple rewatches. For they didn't me, but, have to be all first watches. That yeah. wasn't kind of that wasn't part of it. But you know, yeah. Um, but here, man, I think we should get right into it. Yeah, where do we start? Where do you want to start? You know, you start with the Oscars start. You start with best supporting actor. Okay. All right. In a good year, in a good year, they start with a big one. Yeah. So I think we should go ahead and start with a big one. All right. Let's do it. Now, the the I'm not gonna do what I want to do. Okay. Which is also name the actual nominees. Nine. Oh no, we should do the actual nominees, of course. But also name the nine runners up. I'm gonna leave that out. All right. Nine runners up. I didn't do Uh, any runners up. I didn't pick nine runners up for every topic. I picked. I picked. I put. You know, I made my long list. I made my list, and then I picked five from there. I started with a long list, and then I whittled it down to five. But I, I I kept. I kept my long list. All right. So let's tell you what actually happened at the actual Academy Awards. Yeah. Twenty three years ago crazy best supporting actor mm-hmm. in a movie mm-hmm. the nominees were tom cruise in magnolia mm-hmm. michael clark duncan in the green mile jude law in the talented mr ripley Haley joel osmond in six Sense, and the winner was michael kane in cider house rules a performance people can't stop talking about to this day <laughs> my nominees were yes Jude Law, the talented Mr. Ripley, mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne, the Matrix, David Cronenberg, last night, Brian Brown, two hands, and John Malkovich for being John Malkovich. They're great picks. Go ahead and, These are great. Go ahead and do my winner. Do it. My winner is Lawrence Fishburne for the Matrix. A uh, an award no one has ever really discussed. He maybe should have gotten. But he maybe should have gotten it. He, yeah, yeah. He's if that movie yeah. came out today, 
Yeah. Now that people are more apt to award performances like that, he would have been nominated, I think. You know, I and- think so. I think so. I mean, supporting, as we know, tends to be a little bit looser in terms yeah, of like they'll, they'll 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 nominate stuff that maybe they wouldn't in in lead. But yeah, he's. I mean, he's really fucking good in that movie. I, I you know, I. Morpheus. He's Morpheus. You have to. There's an argument to be made for whether or not that movie works without Lawrence Fishburne's gravity in terms of just because like. We as an audience and Neo have to buy into everything. And he's the guy selling us. Yes. And it it really does it's it's an incredibly, you know, important role and he nails it. It is. He's yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I do think Lawrence Fishburne is quietly an actor who could have eight of these by now. Yeah, you know, he only has one nomination, right? For uh what's yes. left got to do with what's it. What's left got to do with it. And he's but, great in that movie. And he's almost um, never discussed as a potential nominee but he's he's amazing and i think everyone knows it too it's not as if it's not as if he's some you know anonymous guy who's like you know who's amazing like everybody knows this guy is the best but for some reason it's just what whatever reason his roles have just never been you know looked at as oscar worthy which is crazy i mean i i just saw him uh in april on broadway with american buffalo and and again like he's just he's so captivating He's just a guy yeah. that you can't not watch. He's he's great. That's right. Um, my nominees for Best Supporting Actor, Tom Cruise for Magnolia, Jude Law for Taunted Mr. Ripley, Philip Seymour Hoffman for The Taunted Mr. Ripley, Alan Rickman for Galaxy Quest, and Spike Jones for Three Kings. Spike Jones for Three Kings was, was, a, was a near miss for me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I didn't give it to Tom Cruise. You know, I, it, this is one of those, we, we had an extensive conversation on our Magnolia episode about that. So there's no reason to relitigate that. But I do feel like this was the, the fulcrum point. This was the crossroads. This was the moment. And I think that I get why he didn't get it to some degree, just based on like politics and shit like that. But uh, he should have won. I don't know what to tell you. Well... <laughs> I I mean I I, I he's it's not that I it's not know. that I don't think he was great. Yeah. He was great, obviously. Yeah. I don't think it's quite as revolutionary now as I did then. Um I, I know what you're and saying. I and I don't and I don't think the performance quite stands out in that oh. movie now as much as I did then. Interesting. Um even though it's an amazing performance, um, an amazing character, but I don't know. I I I feel like the awards conversation about Magnolia was all warped and maybe I'm I i i hold a little resentment that it was like you know, oh sure, it's a sure. good, it's a good movie. Like, but like, it's really like Tom Cruise's Oscar vehicle. Like, uh, come on, guys. I think that I completely agree with you. I think that, and also, I think the role at the time, that the sheer audacity of the role at the time, yes. I think was was very sort of uh, part of it. And I, I think the willingness to take a supporting role, which no, hundred percent. As far as I can tell, he's done twice. As far as I can tell, he's done in this movie and in Tropic Thunder, and that's like the list. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I never saw Lions for Lambs. I don't know if he's supporting oh, in that I or not. I did see Lions for Lambs, and so it sucks. <laughs> and it's there's kind of no supporting roles in that. Right, it's right, right. Like, it's just it's like only three like three co-leads. Kind it's of. like three. Yeah, it's like three yeah. stories that don't touch each other. Okay, and uh, you know, everyone is kind of the star of their own story. Like, what does it say that like Tom Cruise is in a movie that doesn't exist? That's pretty crazy. That is crazy. That, <laughs> I mean, that was not a movie that wasn't supposed to exist. That was a movie that was supposed to exist. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I don't see movies that don't, that, that, that don't exist. <laughs> but I. So. This is all just to say that uh, I agree with you. I think that watching it recently, he 
is far more part of the ensemble than it was in 99. Um, but I, I still, I still got to give it to him, but should we do supporting actress? Let's move on to supporting actress. All right. All right. The actual nominees for supporting actress. Mm -hmm. Tony Collette, the six sets, Catherine Keener being John Malkovich, Samantha Morton, sweet and lowdown, Chloe Sevigny or Sevigny, uh, boys don't cry. And Angelina Jolie, girl interrupted the winner. Bill, would you care to go first? Yeah, uh, sure. Um, I this was the, <laughs> this was a category that I actually did have a sixth slot that I that I really wanted to put in there, but couldn't really justify it. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll give my nominees, and then I'll give the sort of the asterisks at the end. Uh, Catherine Keener being John Malkovich, Tony Collette, The Sixth Sense, Samantha Morton for Jesus's Son, Chloe Sevigny for Boys Don't Cry, and Helena Bonham Carter for Fight Club. Um, my sixth was Sarah Jessica Parker for Dudley Do Right, which oh, I really lovely. lovely. I, I fucking it. love it. And I really wanted her to get into the five, but I just couldn't justify it. It would have been fun. It would have been fun. Uh, and I love her in it. My winner is Catherine Keener. We've talked about it a million times. Uh, it's, it's you know, the greatest. Anyone, anyone with two eyes and a brain. <laughs> but um, But I do think that we've talked about this category a lot over the course of these five years because it was so stacked for the most part, even though we all agree that as talented an actress as Angelina Jolie is, she's kind of, I don't it know. It was very stacked. It was it wasn't very like, stacked. It wasn't one of those years where like, where like, like, I mean, Michael Caine, for instance, where this sure, like sure. absurd performance won. I think it was yeah. five really good performances and they gave it to probably the, 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 the showiest, but the least mm -hmm. interesting one. And she I doesn't agree. make my list either. Yeah. My nominees are. Yes, let's hear it. Tony Collette, Six Sets. Mm -hmm. Cameron Diaz, being John Malkovich. Mm -hmm. Catherine Keener, being John Malkovich. Sarah Michelle Geller, Cruel Intentions. And Melora Walters for Magnolia. Yeah. And I obviously have Catherine Keener too, but I would say my, uh, my, I would love to have done it because I think mm -hmm. she was amazing, was Jean Smart and Guinevere, but it just kind of, you know, it's a good call. So, good call. Some things just don't, you know, some things just don't work out. Yeah. It's hard you know, when you watch every single movie. <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting. Melora, as we mentioned on our episode, really hit me this time. Yeah. Uh, and it was that it was the performance in that film that over the years had always kind of bumped me. And then this time I got on its wavelength and she's, yeah, really it. it really should have been the beginning of a, of a, you know, pretty incredible career and, and unfortunately, you know, bumps yeah. in the road, but what are you gonna do? All right. Let's go on to something a little different, Phil. Sure. Let's, let's take a trip to some of the technicals. All okay. right. All right. Let's, uh, let's go down to best cinematography. Okay. You want to right. do your nominees? Yeah, sure. Okay. Best cinematography. I didn't do the actual people because, uh, I'm an animal and a monster okay. Good for you. Good for you. All right. The actual nominees were mm -hmm. Roger Pratt, End of the Affair, Dante Spinati for The Insider, mm -hmm. Emmanuel Lubetsky for, or they call him Cheeto? Yeah. Is that right? Chet. What do they call him? What do they call him? What? Chivo, Chivo. Chivo, yes, correct. <laughs> um, for Sleepy Hollow. This is quite a list. Robert Richardson for Snow Falling on Cedars, and the winner, Conrad Hall for American Beauty. My nominees. <clears throat> 
were the cinematographers, all wonderful people, I'm sure, of American Beauty, Magnolia, Beau Travai, Girl on the Bridge, and Eyes Wide Shut. Mm. And I gave it to the illustrious cinematographer of Beau Travai. Mm-hmm. How about you? Beautiful movie. Beautiful movie. Beautiful movie. So my nominees. Let me get, let me get this this French person's name before sure, uh, sure. before I go too far. But go ahead. What are your nominees? Uh, so my nominees are Robert Ellswit for Magnolia, Dante Spinotti for The Insider, Luciano Tavoli for Titus, Robert Richardson for Bringing Out the Dead, and Bill Pope for The Matrix. The I went. Oh, real yes. fast. The yeah, person's name, mm. Agnes Godar, is the go. cinematographer. Uh, and my I winner, she's, it, she yes. is Claire Denise cinematographer all the time. Okay, go ahead. Uh, my winner is Robert Richardson for Bringing Out the Dead. Um, I think it's... Not Snow Falling on Cedars. Interesting. Not Snow I mean, Snow Falling on Cedars is... Yeah, it's a nice looking movie. It's a pretty nice looking movie. Yeah. Nice looking movie. I, I mean, Robert Richardson uh, is Scorsese's guy for the most part. From from time to time, he'll go back to Michael Ballas, who shot Goodfellas and The Departed, and I believe one for The Departed. Um, Robert Richardson, I mean, you know, uh, one of those cinematographers where you know it's Robert Richardson. Lots of hot lighting, lots of halos of light, and um, it just all works incredibly well for Bringing Out the Dead, a movie that is obviously struggling or, or dealing with the idea of the afterlife and dealing with uh, angels and and resurrection and saving people. So his his photography is just so perfectly suited to that film. Um, an underrated movie um, and uh, a photographer. I believe he's one. He's definitely one. I think he won for JFK. But anyway, all that being said, I feel um, like you're going to have a little more bringing out the dead representation than I did. I am definitely that's going my, to. That's my sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to go ahead for let's do uh, production. We can't hear you. Sorry. Put the mic. Let's do production design. Sure. Uh, I have my nominees are Rick Heinrichs for Sleepy Hollow. Wait, do you want to read the winner? The, the nominees from uh, back? Sure, in- sure, sure. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, production design. Best mm-hmm. production design. Production design. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it here? Or was it called art design back then? Art direction. Art direction. All right. Yeah. Best art direction. Uh, I'm going to just name the movies. Mm-hmm. Topsy Turvy, Talented mm-hmm. Mr. Ripley, Cider House Rules, Anna and the King, and Sleepy Hollow, which won. Yes. Um, bizarre. A little, I don't want to say bizarre, but there's some very strange uh, nominees there. But uh, production design, Rick Heinrichs for Sleepy Hollow, Dante Ferretti for Bringing Out the Dead, Dante Ferretti for Titus, Owen Patterson for The Matrix, and Alex McDowell for Fight Club. And Interesting. my winner is Rick Heinrichs for Sleepy Hollow. I mean, kind of untouchable, quite frankly, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of production design, art direction, what have you, Sleepy Hollow is pretty unmatched in terms of just what they were capable of doing. I also will say too, and I know that a lot, we talked about this in the episode, but um, entirely on soundstage, just very, very few actual location shots in that film. Um, so all that forced perspective, all of that just uh, scope in that film is just a, uh, is just immaculate. So what about you, Dan? Kenny? Uh, so I went with the sixth sense. Mm. 
Titus, mm-hmm. being John Malkovich, mm-hmm. The Matrix, and my winner, mm-hmm. Chuck. I mean, uh, art direction by John Fenner and Kevin Phipps and mm-hmm. set direction by Lisa Leone and Tara Will- Terry Wells. And I happen to know Lisa Leone and it's just a coincidence. I forgot she had anything to do with this. Uh, she's directed an episode of Step Up that I wrote. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think this is the coolest fucking movie. Uh, the, the, the way the movie looks like of all time. It's I rad. think like. It's amazing. They built everything in London. I know, you know, and I, I mean, it's almost like hackney at this point to make this point because no one, no one bitches about the way it looks anymore. People used to bitch, but now everyone's like, we love the way New York looks in this. We love this, like the, the, this, this fake one street New York that he keeps going up and down and up and down. I think the most brilliant, the most brilliant choice in this movie was to use rainbow colored Christmas lights. Uh, I don't think anyone else would have done that. I truly, I just don't think anyone else would yeah. have done that. I think most people would have gone with, with, uh, with all whites because it's classier and it's a classy production, but there is just something to the lived inness to the, it, it speaks to the fact that frankly, these people don't have taste. that these people, I use, and I use rainbow Christmas lights, like, because I don't have taste, but like, there is something like kind of kind of like down market about that that I love. There's something down market about about even though Tom Cruise is a doctor in, you know, in New York and the whole movie is about how he's at the top top and he's not at the top 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 and it drives him nuts. Uh there is this like feeling of this whole time of inadequacy, this whole time of things being thrown together, this whole time of like not quite getting it right so i think that the the set design and the art direction in that film go so far to uh making this happen and then you know there's the whole other world on long island that that like needs to be perfect in it's like not sexiness and it's like bigness and it's like baroqueness um in in, in that 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 perfect little like canny valley of this can't happen but this can happen which is it's, almost impossible. Well, it's. I agree with everything you're saying. I think that there's a couple of things that come to mind too about it. Um, the 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 Christmas lights make the whole movie feel slightly surreal. Um, you also have that opening where it's not rainbow colored, so it has that that when we're at the party and it's all golden, right? So it's just streams and streams of those golden sort of classy you know hoity toity lights, if yes, you will. Classy people. Um, and the rainbow lights just add to the famous line, "Don't you want to go where the rainbow ends?" I mean, and it's the name of the store being you know uh, over the rainbow. There's all that kind of stuff playing into this. Um, to your point, being that it's none of this is accidental. I. I this is one of those things that I, and I don't know if you feel this way, but I do. Um, I don't expect audience members, the majority of audience members to know how much work goes into the making of a movie or a television show, but nothing isn't thought through. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason. Everything is trying to say something, whether or not we want to acknowledge that that's a choice. And with Kubrick, obviously it's incredibly important. I think about that stuff all the time because who are you making the movie for? Well, hopefully you're making the movie for not, you know, your group of friends. And so that doesn't make this stuff unimportant, but you have to also kind of acknowledge that it's all supposed to be taken in subliminally to some extent. Yes. yes, Right. So, you know, I mean, if you read books written by various directors, 
you 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 hear what you're saying, Phil, which is that uh, you mm-hmm. know every decision, every choice, every line, but every every place you place you place you you light and every room you shoot in and everything is made for both practical reasons and for you know thematic reasons and symbolic reasons and and all these things, right? So that stuff is designed to be taken in subliminally by the viewer. There are things in your favorite movie that you don't realize are making it your favorite movie. Yeah. And that's why these ge- that's why these directors are such geniuses. Absolutely. Totally pretty agree. much all of them. Pretty much fucking all of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It it also comes back to sort of, you know, um a, a pet peeve of you and of both of ours is sort of, you know, clowning on movies, right? Like it's it's easy. It's easy to poke fun at films and even films that don't work, even films that are straight up bad are intentional. People are still working hard to do a thing. They're failing, but they're trying and you got to give them props for trying. We do it all the time. And yeah. I, you know, we do it because we're a fun podcast, and you know, a bunch yeah. of fun guys having, having a fun time. <laughs> but, uh, but, but what I really want the takeaway to be mm. is how much we love movies and how much yes. we care about yes. them how much we appreciate everyone who makes a movie. I mean, yep. we're going to, you know, the, the only movie we have discussed yet is American movie, which is about this, mm-hmm. but we both watched it mm-hmm. and it's an interesting and fitting kind of final movie it, for us. It actually is. I was really, thinking the same it, thing. It too. really is about, you know, making movies and how essentially like even 35 mil, Oh, even a 35 minute thing you, you're making with your friends. Uh, you have to give your entire life over to it. It's super fucking hard. But a lot of the movies that you don't like that one doesn't like, mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't quite put your finger on why you don't like it is because of these these things we're talking about. It's because these choices happen in a way that make you feel uncomfortable, that don't feel like they're all of a piece. And No, totally. There's also something there. there is a little bit of fate and a little bit of planets aligning and weird little things. I mean, you and I have talked about this on many episodes of like a weird little moment that was captured, you know, that, that you know, we uh that feels real and strange and not filmic, you know, those special little things that you can't plan for. Um, that's what makes this medium so special, but. All right, let's move All right, on. What's next. Yeah. We're going to move on to. Um, <laughs> let's do. You did best costumes, right? Phil? I did. Let's do mm-hmm. it. Best costumes. Right. Best costumes. Uh, what were the nominees? Kenny? The actual real life nominees mm-hmm. in best costumes, best achievement in costuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Titus, mm. Melina Cananero, mm-hmm. Talented Mr. Ripley, Ann Roth and Gary Jones, Sleepy Hollow, Colleen Atwood, Anna and the King, Jenny Bevan. Mm. And the winner was Topsy Turvy, Lindy Hemming. Um, <laughs> I believe it is my turn, Phil. Yes, it is. I believe to tell it. you the correct to tell you the correct uh, nominees. Mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. Titus, Eyes Wide Shut, Talented Mister Ripley, and my winner, The Matrix. Sure, Kim Barry, uh, iconic, iconic. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. in retrospect, it seems obvious to put them in leather. And, and and you know that those out those outfits, but it, in the moment it was not. Yeah, they 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 built an entire aesthetic that was not being used anywhere else. Look at the other science fiction movies of the nineties; you won't find anything that looks like this fucking 
film. It even fucking Mr. Smith. I know that's a little bit of a of a reservoir dog thing, but like even Mr. Smith, it all makes perfect sense. And but really, it's the it's the Neo, the Morpheus, the Trinity. I mean, Trinity's like unbelievable. So, um, yeah, iconic. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, I'm also anti giving it to period pieces, um, just in general. Oh, okay. Well, my my nominees: uh, Colleen Atwood for Sleepy Hollow, Gary Jones and Anne Roth for The Town to Mr. Ripley, Kim Barrett for The Matrix, Trisha Bigar for Star Wars Episode One, and Michael Kaplan for Fight Club. Um, you know, I I think that uh, I'm with you that period pieces winning tend to be obvious, tend to be sort of in your face. That being said, I did give it to Colleen Atwood for Sleepy Hollow because I think that... That's not really a period piece. That's what I was going to say. Like, that is that's is, that's a period piece through a, through the lens of Tim Burton. So, like, it's a very different animal. Um, but the costumes in, in Sleepy Hollow are just uh, exquisite. I think about, you know, that, that striped black and white, beautiful sort of billowing dress that Christina Ricci has and, and, and Ichabod whole look like it's just great um my i think is, you know my, oh sorry but my, my yeah. issue with giving it to period pieces nine yeah. out of ten times mm-hmm. is you're not actually giving it to something that's enhancing the film you're giving it to something that looks the best and i right. think right and and I, I i understand that period costumes particularly period costumes take you know uh movies that take place in and around royalty yeah. uh where they normally come from um are going to, you know, be impressive if there's a budget. I, I understand, like, of course, they're going to be impressive and look great and all that stuff, but it's not really enhancing the film. Right. Very few choices are being made. You are just copying what, you know, these people actually wore. You're copying the incredible seamstresses and designers. And yes, you're copying it. Wonderful. But to, like, imagine something new. Yeah, that enhances the film. I mean, come on, it's not even close to me. So well, I think Sleepy Hollow falls into the category that you're talking about. Very no, much. I totally agree. And and what I think that I just I want to give a quick shout out to two films that are my nominees, but that speak to what you're talking about. You know, Episode One. When I think about Padme's unbelievable costumes which again is this sort of futuristic royalty if you will like what is what is that going to look like right that's a completely new thing and then i've got to give a shout out to michael kaplan for fight club because tyler durden still today looks like nothing else right it was back then they were trying to think of what is an alien a pop culture alien essentially in 1999 and he still is in 2022 which i think is pretty unbelievable I think those are two really excellent, excellent uh, things to shout out, and would have been fine winners. Actually, yeah, yes. I think you're right. I think I think Star Wars Episode One is most deserving in costume design, yeah, uh, or makeup, which we didn't do. No. Um, okay, <laughs> let's move to. Mm-hmm. I'm just marking down which ones we've done. Let's move to. Uh, let's just get. Let's finish up our technicals before we get to. Sure. Some individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess next we're on. Wow, we're on. All right, let's go best editing. Okay. Yeah, best editing. Uh, so my nominees. Real oh, what, nominees. Real yes, nominees. Real, sorry, real nominees. Yes. The Sixth Sense, mm-hmm. Andrew Monshine. The Insider, William Goldenberg, Paul Rubel, and Richard Rosenblum. Three editors. Mm-hmm. The Cider House Rules, Lisa Zeno Shergan. <laughs> American Beauty, Tariq Anwar, and Christopher Greenberry. And the winner, The Matrix, Zach Steinberg. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Go ahead, you. Yeah, my nominees for best editing, Sarah Flack for The Limey, uh, Dylan Tickner for Magnolia, Stuart Levy, Thomas Norberg, Keith Salmon, and Stuart Wax for Any Given Sunday. James Haygood for Fight Club and Zach Stenberg for The Matrix. I gave it to James Haywood for Fight Club. I think that uh, as are the case with all of David Fincher's movies, they are edited within an inch of their life, surgically, beautifully put together films. Um, the pacing of Fight Club, the I mean, it is it's a really tight movie, but it's also a kinetic movie. It's got a lot of cuts and a lot of editing that you just don't really notice. That's kind of the thing about Fincher's films. Um, so yeah, I, I, I gotta give it to him, uh, despite the fact that any given Sunday has four editors and is, is pretty unbelievably well edited. Uh, I had to give it to Fight Club. So, uh, <laughs> my nominees were yes. the illustrious editors of The Matrix, yeah. Run Lola Run. Yes, good. Fight Club, mm-hmm. Girl on the Bridge, mm. and the four editors of Any Given Sunday to whom <laughs> I gave the award. Because, as you know, this award doesn't go to best editing. This award goes to most editing. Yeah, most editing. <laughs> and I, I don't know how else to. Uh, I. It is to me one of the weirdest awards they give out. Um, it is weird. It's almost like impossible to. It, it's like it's all right. It, what I'm trying to get at is like there's. It, it's like it's like a counterfactual. Like, what would this movie look like if edited differently or edited more poorly? It's almost inconceivable to yeah. understand. Like, there is a way to look at a movie like with art direction or direction or 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 I mean actual direction or cinematography or anything to be like I wouldn't have used that shot. I wouldn't have made that set design choice. These things don't enhance the movie. But in terms of editing, I wouldn't have held on that close up so long. Like I I I mean I I think it's I agree with you. First of all, there's two things that I want to say. The first is it's always kind of weird because people think of it as a precursor for the, the best picture winner because they're kind of sometimes fused together but more times than not they're kind of not like looking at the matrix look at social network i mean like these are movies that one editing i think social network one editing maybe i'm wrong but um i I did used to feel like it went hand in hand and not so much anymore and in fact the matrix win was a big big step towards decoupling the two correct correct you know and in its own weird way this this was the biggest the, the the biggest award, award of the wins. night. Yes, I agree. Like just in terms of like, you know, there was I don't know if there are any real surprises this year, but in terms of like, th- you know, for a movie like The Matrix to win a serious award, I, I'd say, you know, this is this is a, a serious award that let's put it this way. They're all serious awards, but costume design, not costume design, makeup is generally, you know, contested by movies that excel specifically at makeup right mm-hmm. norbit gets nominated yeah. in that category uh for instance because the makeup isn't you know incredible yeah. but the movie is not incredible visual effects same way sometimes even scores the same way mm-hmm. uh everybody's playing for best editing 
You know what I mean? It's so everybody, crazy. It everybody's in the game for, for yeah. best editing. Every single movie is in the game for best editing. And The Matrix winning that, particularly in this year, where there were like some really interesting, unusually paced movies. Yes. Um it's also including my including my winner, which I stand by. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but I would I, you know, it is interesting too, in the sense that the Matrix beats American Beauty at editing. That, to your point, Kenny, goes a long way towards saying these are not synonymous. We need to be thinking about these in different ways, um, which I think is interesting. But it, you know, I agree. And the the other thing is, weirdly, hmm. American Beauty at the time, to me at least, was looked at at the the North Star, the not not, not North Star, the the shining example uh-huh. of this year. This year is so amazing in part because a transgressive movie like American Beauty can be the critics choice and the front runner for the Oscar. Uh, this is this is why, you know, we are we are honoring this unique year by honoring this, you know, exciting, unique film. Yeah. And something happened on the way to the ceremony where I think people were like, you know what? It's not that it's the Matrix. Yeah. You know, it's the Matrix that really is the way like. Yep. They didn't get they didn't get quite all the way there, which like no. would have been very hard to do. Yeah. But they did get far enough to give it editing, which is not a small deal. Well, I you know, I, I think that in it, the year that I often think about is the the Mad Max Fury Road year, right? Where I, it, I do too. It, it's it sweeps a lot of the technical categories. And everyone's just sort of like, is this gonna be the movie? And then unfortunately it isn't. But even though I, I do really like Spotlight, but this is all just a way of saying that like the matrix in a, in a different year could have been fury road. Like it could have won editing. It could have won cinematography. It could have won like, you know, production design. It could have swept a lot of the technicals, um, which is interesting that this year they kind of spread the wealth a little bit, which is it's, it's very unusual. Mm-hmm. Almost no, almost unprecedented yep. to have a movie like this do what um, this movie did. I totally just, just yeah. you know, in the moment, cultural impact. Like these directors had directed one movie, and it wasn't a sci-fi movie. It, I mean, it was a well-regarded movie, but it wasn't. It did. It did. In no way prepared people for what they got. It, so it like, got it. Yeah, it got a lot more nominations. In hindsight, I look at all those nominations, and I'm like, this was the industry being like, pay fucking attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got it eventually, but like, yeah. still, it, it, that's a long way. This, you know. I love him. This is not George Miller. No. You know no. what I mean? No. So what 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 what's next, Kenny? What are we doing next? What are we doing next? Let's head. All right. So um one minute. Okay. Let's let's just table this for one second. I'm just getting killed. Okay. With emails. Uh sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay, let's uh and we're back. Okay. All right. So Phil, I'm gonna leave it up to you. We've done all the tech yeah, we've done all the score and song yet. I was gonna say we've done all the technicals except you know, the the kind of sexy technicals. 
those aren't really technicals, score and song. Mm-hmm. And we also have our individual awards. Let's save those. Let's save and those. Let's, let's save those. Let's go to score and song first. Okay. Uh, okay. Best score. What were the so nominees the real, for best score? The real best score nominees were Star Wars Episode One. Interestingly, not, I didn't know this. Gary Ridstrom, Tom Johnson, Sean Murphy, and John Midgley. Did you know there was no John Williams among that group? I uh, didn't know that. The Mummy, Leslie Schatz, uh, well, Chris Carpenter. Because John Williams definitely did the score for episode one. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Leslie Schatz, oh, well, maybe he didn't do any new score for episode one. Mm, okay. okay. Leslie Schatz for The Mummy, Leslie Schatz, Chris Carpenter, Rich, Rick Klein, and Chris Monroe. Mm-hmm. The Insider, Andy Nelson, Dunk, Doug Hemphill, and Lee Orloff. Okay. Dude, I'm, I'm doing the wrong category. <laughs> what category are you doing? That was best sound. <laughs> there we go. I was like, John Williams definitely right, did the score for. Let's start this again. Let's. Start. I couldn't figure out why there were so many people on all these. All right, best okay. score. Yeah, talented Mr. Ripley, Gabriel Ured, Cider House Rules, Rachel Portman, Angela's Ass Ashes by Star Wars composer John Williams, American Beauty by the Off Nominated Thomas Newman. And the winner, The Red Violin by John Corigliano. Sure. Uh, My nominees for Best Score. John Bryan for Magnolia. Gabriel Yared for The Town to Mr. Ripley. John Williams for Star Wars Episode One, Danny Elfman for Sleepy Hollow. And Air for The Virgin Suicides. And my winner is air for the virgin suicides all right all right all right a little um, think of that i think that score is unbelievable um i think it's iconic i think it's uh it does everything that a score should do in terms of pulling you through the film emotionally but i would also say it's fucking cool uh it's a band and it has this vibe that feels slightly anachronistic slightly anti-establishment it's just got a bunch of stuff going on in it that i just absolutely adore um so that's that's my winner for best score it's an excellent choice what can i say thank you thank you uh my nominees the uh composers of Mm. girl on the bridge Mm. end of the affair Mm. american beauty the sixth sense and my winner John Bryan for Magnolia. Great score. Watching that movie, it really struck me that there's more going on than just Amy Man songs. Yeah. And how how much that score ties that film together and carries you through. It, it was my it's number one two. of my favorite aspects. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's I mean, we talked about this on the Magnolia episode, but uh watching the film this time, I I forgot or maybe never realized how relentless the music is in the film. Um, I, love, and, I love relentless music. It's one of my favorite things yeah. about Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah, it's it, it really does. It propels you. I mean, it, it's it, and, and I think that sometimes most times I would argue score is used unless it's an action movie or something along those lines. Score is used emotionally to sort of be the emotional current and to teach you how to feel in individual yeah. scenes. In Magnolia, it's just, it's relentlessly pulling you and pushing you through the movie. I, I agree with you. It's a, it's a stunning score. Uh, uh, should we do best right. song? Let's do best song. All yeah, right. Your, your nominees. I'll do the actuals first. Yeah. The actuals mm-hmm. were 
Blame Canada from South Park by Trey Parker and Mark Shaman. Great song. Music of my heart from music of my heart uh, of my of the heart. Musical lyrics by Diane Warren didn't win. Save me from Magnolia by Amy Mann. When she loved me from Toy Story Two by Randy Newman. And you'll be in my heart, ostensibly from Tarzan by Phil Collins. Uh, my nominees are uh huh, Uncle Fucker from South Park, Blame Canada from South Park, Troubled by the way we came together from Go. Mm. Uh, by Natalie Brulia. Mm-hmm. Save Me from Magnolia by Amy sure. Mann. And When She Loved Me by Randy Newman. But I believe, uh, who's, who's the song by? Sarah McLaughlin? Sarah McLaughlin, yeah. Uh, and my winner is, of course, Save Me from Magnolia because I'm not yeah. an animal. <laughs> <laughs> um, my nominee. So I would have given it to Wise Up if it weren't, if it were eligible. If it were, we learned that the, that but it's not these, weirdly. But both these songs are truly, and I love that whole album. I used to listen to that album it's constantly. Best. Yeah. Um, my nominees: uh, Amy Mann, "Save Me" from Magnolia, uh, "Garbage," "The World Is Not Enough" from "The World Is Not Enough," "Uncle Fucker" from South Park. Good, good song. "Beautiful Stranger" by Madonna from Austin Powers, okay. "The Spy All Who right, Shagged okay. Me." Uh, and Amphibian by Bjork from Being John Malkovich. My winner is obviously Amy Mann because I'm not a monster. Um, I uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, listen, love garbage, love Bjork. Um, you know, the thing about the Amy Mann song, um, which I posted about when I was finished watching the film um, before our episode, is uh, that song is so perfectly fucking used in the movie, despite the fact that it's a great fucking song and we can all say that it's a wonderful song it's a great music video seeing amy man perform it at the oscars i was like how is this it's, she's got to win um it is perfectly used to cover up what um john c Riley is saying to to melora walters at the end of the film because paul thomas anderson doesn't want us to know what he's saying we're hearing fractions of words or whatever. I, I i watched it with captions oh did you just that part Oh, interesting. Because I was like, I, I think I'm curious. Yeah, maybe they'll tell me. It's 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 lovely. You yeah. should you should you I should watch it with Kaplan with Cassius because it's it's lovely. It's like it's not. It makes me think that it's just like I don't know. I don't know how to put it. It's not Bill Murray in Lost in Translation where it's never supposed right, to be right, known, right. You know, right. there it's yeah. just as like you know maybe not theaters but there's something there like you're supposed to maybe pick up every third word and get a sense of what he's saying but it's it's awesome i really love what he says it's it's really beautiful and there's something about um the way it it uses that excuse me um it uses that brief break for malora to look at the camera and then the fucking guitar comes in uh, just as it smashes to black, Shove it's just—it's just fucking perfect. It, it's just—it—you it, can't—you can't ask for a better implementation of a song. And I think part of it too. Again, we talked about this obviously in the Magnolia episode, but Amy Mann's music so unbelievably uh, inspirational to the film, and she's obviously her songs are scattered throughout the movie. But this is the perfect period at the end of the sentence. It's the perfect way to sort of end the movie on like this confluence of. Claudia and Amy Mann. Anyway, 
that's that's my that's my speech about. So that's those were technical Oscars. Those so are technical gonna, Oscars. We're gonna oh. go on okay. to the uh, non Oscar categories. Non Oscar categories. Okay. okay. Let's do our non Oscar categories. Can I, um, forgive me. Do we want to do animated and documentary and international? Oh. Do we want to do yeah, those I before? Th- I think we'll do those at the end of these. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Fake awards fake. for a fake award show. Yep. Let's yep. go. All right. Okay. I think we should. I think we should go a little faster. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Best comedy. There is no real nominees in this. Do it. My nominees were Notting Hill, Being John Malkovich, Election, Office Space, which means none of those won, and the winner, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. My nominees, Office Space, Drop Dead Gorgeous, South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut, Bowfinger, and Galaxy Quest. My winner is also South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. We, The funniest... It's the funniest, and I, it just needs to be said that me, you, and Oak watching that film together, I honestly don't know if we stopped laughing from credits to credits. We were fucking howling. It's, it's the, the only movie we watched live, if I remember yeah. correctly. Like, the only movie that we actually sat down and watched together with Oak, and it's just, we were fucking howling. It's just the funniest it's, it's movie. A, it's, a, it's just masterful. It's masterful. It's like it only had it only had to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like the Simpsons movie is pretty yes. good. It only yes. had to be pretty good to, yep. to do what it needed to do. Yep. It is masterful. It's it's unreal. Uh, it's an unreal you movie. Know. All right. So uh, best horror. Let's, mo- let's move on to best horror. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, my nominees were Stir of Echoes, The Blair Witch Project, The Sixth Sense, End of Days, and Audition. And my winner is the Blair Witch Project. Um, I, I mean, it's one of those movies that really stayed with me. We did it early in season one, in season one, in year one of this. Uh, and it's a movie that I just, the power of it has really increased over the years. I think that at the time it felt like this, idiosyncratic thing this like weird little thing and obviously it launched a whole movement but or a whole film genre but uh it's just great it's just a powerful movie i love it um i'll give you my nominees i also want to say i only nominated films Mm -hmm. in in these kind of genre categories in one of them so there might be things that overlap but i didn't I didn't do that. So there might be some things that don't quite fit. I mean, there might be okay. some things that, you know, we could discuss if they're eligible, but uh, okay. I don't think we'll, I don't think any of these, maybe one you might be not really about. Okay. Uh, my nominees were Blair Witch, mm. The Sixth Sense, Audition, Lake Placid, and Ravenous. Mm-hmm. And I gave it to Audition. And which was one of my favorite movies of the whole thing. Uh, an incredible horror movie and um, a different kind of horror movie, not the Blair Witches. I will say this about Blair Witch. For a moment in year one, my opinion on it had changed for the better. And it really has receded from memory for me. Interesting. And my my feeling with Blair Witch is way more that I respect it more than I like. Okay. I don't really enjoy the. I don't really enjoy watching it. I, I feel like I'm working to like it, and I don't. You know, I don't want to work particularly with. I get that. Really, with horror. Sure. Horror is a genre that I kind of want to happen to me. Sure. You know. So, and that's p- 
part of why I like it so much is, you know, it's it's it is a bit of a lean back genre. I mean, you're scared out of your wits, hopefully, but like they're doing like they're doing the heavy lifting. And oh, I hear that. I get that. So, no, um, audition was, was and, and I, I hope that doesn't sound like I'm like diminishing horror. I fucking love horror, sure. but like you can kind of sit back from a lot of horror films and uh, not watch them, not engage with them on an intellectual level if you don't want to. Sure. Uh, and still get a good experience for a lot of them. No, I, I hear that audition. It really came down to audition and Blair Witch for me. I adore audition. Um, I, you know, there isn't a movie in 99 and this says something that's doing what audition is doing. I mean, it is, it is its own animal. Um, and it is, especially for you and I who work in this industry, uh, it, it, it is sort of a, it, it's a, it's an incredibly sort of brutal, um, take down of our industry as well to some yeah. degree or another. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hear you. I know what you're saying about Blair Witch. I don't know. Disagree. Best action. Uh, best action. Mm-hmm. My best action movies. Go. Oh, is it my turn? Or is it your turn? No, it's my oh. turn. In a not particularly great action year film. No. <laughs> End of days. Mm-hmm. Blue streak. Okay. Bringing out the dead. Mm-hmm. Star Wars The Phantom Menace okay, and my winner the only good action movie of the year Run Lola Run um, but I just want to say one quick thing uh, not to rewind but uh, Lake Placid was a movie that I couldn't truly couldn't decide what category it fit it. into yeah. and I just was like I think I put it I yeah I put it in a different category but yeah it that, that movie is Weird because it doesn't it's, fit into anything. <laughs> no, because it's like it's a spoof, it's a yeah. thriller, it's a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a comedy. It's like it's bizarre. it's a joy. It's yeah. a joy. It's, it's a wonderful movie. Yeah. Um, love that you picked Run Little Run. I feel stupid that I didn't put it in my action. Um, my nominees I mean, are. I put some funny ones in there because it's such a bad year, but I do think Bringing Out the Dead at its core is an action movie, <laughs> and I do think that Star. I I I have a I'm, I'm very um. One of my big things mm. is uh, science fiction is science fiction. Sure. Star Wars is not science fiction. Never has been, never will be. <laughs> okay. Takes place in a galaxy um, long time ago, in, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away, or a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, that's, okay. that's not science fiction. There's nothing scientific about it. It is a, it is an adventure movie. These are adventure movies. Adventure, no, adventure, adventure. This, but I know what you're saying. Space Westerns is fine with me. Adventure movies, just like Apollo 13 is not a science fiction movie. Apollo 13 is a historical drama. Okay, we're in There's action. Nothing fictional. We, 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 There's can nothing about, fictional we can talk about, about this when we get to sci-fi. But we'll talk about when we get to sci-fi. My nominees right. for Best Action. I also did not adhere to your rule of, of movies that did, only stayed in one category. Sure. So no, I did, We didn't yeah. discuss that before. Um. My picks were The Matrix, Deep Blue Sea, The Mummy, The World Is Not Enough, and End of Days. I gave it to The Matrix because The Matrix is the best and the action in that film is unparalleled. I mean, there, nothing touches it this year. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. But your pick of Run Little Run is a, is a fucking great pick. And, and, um, and The yeah. Matrix lives somewhere else for me, obviously. Uh, do we should let's move on to sci fi in the next category? Maybe best science fiction movie a movie that takes the tenets of science and fictionalizes them 
Okay. What are your nominees? My nominees are Godzilla 2000. <laughs> okay. Deep Blue Sea. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There are no such thing as super intelligent sharks. <laughs> the Iron Giant. There are no Iron Giants. Last Night, a science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the winner of The Matrix. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My nominees for best science fiction are The Matrix, Existence, Star Wars Episode One, Galaxy Quest, and Open Your Eyes. Um, I That's think it's a science fiction movie. Uh, I give it to the Matrix, obviously. You know, I, I think that clearly you and I have def- different definitions of science fiction, and that's I think all fine. I think all of yours are, are science fiction, with the exception of Star Wars, which are which is a space western or a space opera or an adventure film, but it is not a. I mean, it's, it, both- it is it is as sci fi as, as, as Lord of the Rings, equally sci fi. We we agree that the Matrix is the best sci-fi movie. Fantasy, fantasy is the word I'm looking for. It's a fantasy film. Uh, um, best thriller, best thriller. I will give my nominees. Please, please. Sound to Mr. Ripley, Ravenous, Lake Placid, Eight Millimeter, and Limbo. Do that again. Uh, do that again. Sound to Mr. Mr. Ripley, Ravenous, Ravenous, Lake, Lake Placid, Placid, Eight Millimeter, and Limbo. We only cross on one, and it's not the one I think I would have expected. And it's not because I don't think what you put down are thrillers. In fact, there are a few there that I I'm upset that I didn't put. But <laughs> a lot of a lot of a lot of like a, a, if you're taking the 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 broad definition of thrillers, which I certainly am, as you'll see, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of good movies fall in this category. That I was this was actually yeah. There were a lot. We actually covered a lot of thrillers, things that would be defined as thrillers. Or some of them were good. Could be. Yeah. Could be. I mean, oh, like you're, sure. you're, you're a lot of garbage. Lover, you're yes, fucking yes. Eye of the Beholder. You're Simpatico. Yeah, Simpatico. <laughs> Those yeah. are all quote unquote thrillers. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing yeah. thrilling yeah. about them, but they're yeah. thrillers. Um, I picked Town to Mr. Ripley as best thriller. Um, but uh, that's, the one, that's the one I feel like could have made mine. What's your because uh, because it is a, it is a thriller it is a thriller I guess I just didn't think of it that way. My thrillers are, mm. and I will say every one of these has thriller under its definition on IMDb. <laughs> the Insider, <laughs> Two Hands, Limbo, the uh-huh. War One crossover, uh-huh. 
Perfect Blue, and my winner, the last erotic thriller, Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> she, I, I think Eyes Wide Shut is absolutely a thriller. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I guess Perfect Blue would fall into that category, oh, too. Perfect Blue's definitely yeah. a thriller. Yeah, if for sure. If it were live action, it would no, be a stalker. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. Um, yeah. What a weird, what a weird year for thrillers. <laughs> yeah. Lots of thrillers. Uh, lots of thrillers. Uh, best first feature. Um, yeah. My nominees. This was actually harder than I thought it was going to be because this year had a lot of first features that I kind of didn't realize were first features. Oh, um, shit. I hope I didn't miss them. I hope I didn't miss a lot. Um, Though, like, a lot of these are really high in my list, so it's not like, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, the Polish Brothers for Twin Falls, Idaho. Jamie Babbitt for But I'm a Cheerleader. Spike Jones for Being John Malkovich. Sofia Coppola for The Virgin Suicides. And Michael Patrick Yan for Drop Dead Gorgeous. Um, and my winner, Spike Jones for Being John Malkovich. Kind of yep. <laughs> kind of impossible of to, to, to beat that, but you know. I'll just give you yours? my winner, too. Mine, too. <laughs> Spike Jones being John sure. Malkovich. But sure. my other nominees hmm. were... Uh, did you know last night was Don McKellar's first film? Last night by Don McKellar. Okay. Okay. Uh, Kimberly Pierce, Boys Don't Cry. Gregor Jordan, Two Hands. Audrey Wells, Guinevere. Yeah. And the winner, Spike Jones. I, I, I wish I, Audrey Wells was a, bland, a blind spot for me. I, I probably would have put her in there over Dropped a Gorgeous or Twin Falls, Idaho. But because uh, I really, just, you know, it's hard. I'm, it's I'm hard to talented yeah. Mr. Ripley. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was just also um, I was like scrolling through the list of movies we covered and I was like, wait, was that a first film? Was that a first film? And Guinevere just kind of slipped out of mind. And I'm bummed because I love that movie. But um, best sequel, prequel, remake or reboot. This one was a little weird for me because I wasn't entirely clear as to the definition of remake as as we texted about. So yeah. this is a little bit of a weird category for me. But, I don't think um, I have any. Oh, no, I mean, I have something that, yeah, I, sequel, prequel, remake or reboot. I, I What I really should have said was best film based on pre-existing filmed IP. Of some sort. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right? Yes. 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 So like not a okay. book or a video yeah. game, but pre-existing, you That's, know, that narrative film IP. Yeah. And I did pick something that falls in that category as an op, even not as my winner. All right. Uh, you want to go first? Go ahead. Sure. Uh, Star Wars the first. <laughs> Cruel Intentions, which I think counts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Toy Story the second. <laughs> South Park. Uh-huh. And my winner, 42 up. <laughs> So my nominees were Toy Story 2, A Midsummer Night's Dream, 42 Up, Dudley Do-Right, and The World Is Not Enough. My winner is Toy Story 2. Um, but yeah, I mean, 42 Up was, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It? I, it's in my five. Oh, sorry, I missed it. Yeah, yeah. It's in my five. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, 42 Up. I mean, 42 Up is 42 Up. I like that. My, my only issue with 42 Up, which I gave a 99, Mm-hmm. But my only issue with 42 Up in the context of this yeah. is I'm really giving a 99 to the Up series, right? Yes, yes, yes. And every every film in the Up series is really interesting on its own, I guess. But it's really just, you know, this accumulation of lives lived that mm-hmm. that is so thrilling and exciting. And from if 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 I just watched 42 Up, 
Yeah. Uh, I would have loved it. I do love it. I think it's amazing, but like, I don't, I, I think it's the scope of the, 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 you know, lifelong project that really kind of floors me. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a staggering achievement just as a project and what it's, what was accomplished with it. Um, and I loved the film 42 up. Um, yeah. I mean, Toy Story 2, I just is, you know, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know that it's, that it's going to get the love um, from me uh, across the board as much as I kind of was expecting it to, but um, it's a, it's a masterpiece. It's a good one. Best right. teen movie. Best teen movie. Phil, teen movies were very important this year. Weren't this they? is a big year for teen movies. This is a tough one, I think. Uh, but this I think tricky. I landed on five really good movies as opposed to like, you know, pulling out, you know, the ones that aren't that good. <laughs> the five movies yes. are Dick. Mm-hmm. But I'm a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Outside Providence, Virgin Suicides, and my winner, Cruel Intentions. And I will say, mm-hmm. there is a movie missing that I think could be classified as a teen movie, and you may have it there. But my 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 data point for entry was yes, teen POV. It was important to me that it was told yeah, primarily yeah. or entirely from a teen POV. And all the movies I picked had no uh, no POV characters that were not teenagers. Yeah. No, I, I I don't have election on mine either. Um, I, I, it. it's, That's the movie. Yeah, I, I and I, I love election. We will talk about it uh, a bunch, my guess. Um, my, my nominees were But I'm a Cheerleader, The Virgin Suicides, Dick, Drive Me Crazy, and my winner as well is Cruel Intentions. We're I, very I, close. Four out of five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Phil, I, I, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't, I don't, you know, and, and listen, Drive Me Crazy is not, I don't love that movie. Um, and I certainly you, could have slotted something fifth. else in there, but I needed a fifth, essentially. Um, but Cruel Intentions is, you know, undeniably in my opinion the teen movie of 1999 there are people that would perhaps say uh, she's all that or attend things i hate about you generationally i think that those kind of slot into different kind of categories depending on where you were in your life at the time yeah but i i think I know cool people like those just, movies i think we like yeah. those movies they're fine yeah there are other movies that yeah. you know jawbreaker or uh mm-hmm. never been kissed or uh, which mm-hmm. i guess is not really teen it's movie, not really a teen my, movie yeah but by, by my my definition, but um, there are other movies like that. But really, like I think the five and Drop Dead Gorgeous is also maybe kind of a teen movie. But as a mockumentary, it didn't quite feel right to me. Yeah, um, mockumentaries like the POV is is the director, the camera, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Drop Dead um, Gorgeous was was a weird one for me as I was doing this entire all these lists because it's it's a movie that. Um, I had never seen before. I don't think you had seen it either. When we did our episode on it, we were both blown away by it. Um, our guest was a huge fan of it. Um, I, I think that the 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 kind of holy shit, look at this gem that I didn't know about, really kind of hit me back then. But now I'm just sort of like I don't know that it totally holds up against all these other heavy hitters. That's kind of what happened to me too. It it it's it's almost nowhere on my list, yeah. uh, and and it, and it was almost everywhere. Right. Yeah, same, like it was same. very close in a lot of places. And it yeah. was just like, no, this is the one that could drop. Yeah. Okay. So I think uh, our last of children's these, movie genre E things before we get mm-hmm. to the ones that the Oscars actually was best children's movie. Yeah. Best movie for 
children. Best movie for children. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. I, this was kind of, there's not a lot of these this year that were great. There, there were some shitty ones. There were a lot of shitty, shitty ones, ones. That, that I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to yeah. give, you know, 50 cents to. Yeah. So my nominees were Tarzan, Annie, the Iron Giant, Pokemon, the first movie, and my winner is Toy Story 2. Damn. That sucks. Uh, I, Andy, Andy wasn't a theatrical release, so I didn't consider it. Uh, uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I went out, I went outside, colored outside the lines, I guess, a little bit. So, okay. uh, mine are Fantasia 2000. Sure. The Iron Giant, uh, Dudley Do Right, which I think is a children's movie. Yeah, I thought about that. Uh, Star Wars Episode One, which is explicitly a children's movie. <laughs> and maybe the only actual good children's movie of the year, Toy Story 2. Yeah, I mean, the only undeniable, this movie is for kids, and yet adults will get something out of it, too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a great movie. We're still, are we still doing our 10 most surprising? Yes. A lot of people, okay. by the way, would say Iron Giant falls into the category you just said, too. Yes, um, yes, but yes. I wouldn't, and I guess you wouldn't either. It, it just—it's fine. <laughs> what a weird movie! Because what a weird take we had on it. Yeah, because yeah. like the, my sense was always like this is this is the kind of movie that before we watched it because we had never seen it. Yep, this is the kind of movie that anybody would appreciate. It's such an obvious masterpiece. This has nothing to do with whether you're a kid or adult, whether you watch it in 1999 or, or yesterday this is just a great film and i after having seen it and we've talked to a lot of people about it my sense is it's the exact opposite that the people yeah. who love this movie are people who saw it kind of randomly when they were young yep and really fell for it but uh in 2023 and it's not the fairest thing but in 2023 like this doesn't blow my skirt up so to speak yeah it i think i had a similar perspective that you you had which is i went into this having really high expectations i mean people spoke of speak of this film with such love and adoration and the birth of of you know brad bird's career and all this sort of stuff and it's not to say that i didn't like it neither of us disliked it i think we both were sort of like quite a bit i liked it quite a bit yeah, it just kind of, you know, and then you've got like Ted Lasso doing it. Like it's this right. lasting legacy of this is the movie that makes men cry type thing um, is interesting. I don't just I mean, I don't I don't have any hate for it. I'm just sort it's of like, like yeah. it's just yeah. I agree. It's it's yeah. it's it's always really interesting when a non Disney animation animated movie, mm-hmm. particularly one for kids like actually cracks the the cultural conversation cracks the like you know the the generational zeitgeist yeah. uh it happens so infrequently but this movie did it with no caveats you know no like sh- no shrek esque like uh you know doesn't age so well but at the time it was revolutionary or no like minions like uh, now it's just kind of a funny like in joke like you kind of you know you're yeah. you're kind of in on the minions type thing like these movies make money some of them are really good but like outside Disney Pixar like to have a movie that is so unabashedly adored that you and I are just like huh this yeah 
I I just was sort of yeah. I mean, I feel exactly the same way. I, I I watched it and I was like, this is a really nice movie. I love that this is old school drawn, hand drawn animation. Uh, I get why this kind of scratched an itch for people. I also understand that it feels slightly outside what you're talking about that purview in the sense that it's not a Disney movie. So like, it has this kind of sheen of an outlier that people kind of like about it. I, it's just anyway. I can't uh, think of another animated film yeah. that falls into this specific category, this non-Disney, this hand-drawn. I mean, you know, even those Spielberg-produced Don Bluth movies don't, don't, aren't like this. No. So. Uh, all right. Top uh, 10 most surprising movies of 1999. Uh, so we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, or maybe it was during recording. Who knows? Um these weren't all first watches for me. So, uh, most of them were, uh, but there's a couple in there where I was just surprised by how much they hit me on the rewatch um, as opposed to a movie that I hadn't seen before. So I'm just going to do all 10. We'll just like, and, and then you'll do all 10. Is that, is that, are you cool with that, Kenny? Do it, do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, these are not ranked just to be clear. This is just 10 movies. Uh, End of days, deadly do right. Ravenous drop dead. Gorgeous. A Walk on the Moon, Limbo, The Blair Witch Project, The Limey, Audition, and Perfect Blue. So the ones that were rewatches for me were Audition, The Limey, and Blair Witch. Uh, the rest of them were all first watches. I have to say that the, the top two, if I'm going to say, like, is End of Days and Dudley Do Right. Those are two movies that I went in with zero expectations hit play on those films i would argue both of them had an uphill climb my expectations for these films were especially dudley do right where i was just like this is going to fucking suck and i actually looked at my score for dudley do right which is completely unfair i think it was 26 um i don't i so i don't think after i i uh, that I'm, i'm looking at my score hold on I don't think you gave it a 26 after. I think you were bought a little bit. Did, I, must have, I must have gone up, right? Where is Dudley Do Right? My apologies yeah. for those listening. No, I was... Yeah. Oh, wait. You, end, you did not end it at 26. You're right. I ended it at 75. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew you. I, I, take, I take it back 100%. Yeah. I started at a 26. I yeah, went up no, to... I, yeah, no, you bought You bought it. You bought it. <laughs> but I, the, those were two movies... And I, I, Dudley Do Right is one of those films that it's like, and we talked about this a little bit on text because like David Sims was was talking shit about Dudley Do Right a little bit on the Monkey Bone episode, and you said something very truthful, I imagine, which is he's definitely never seen Dudley Do Right. Um, so Dudley Do Right is fucking great, but End of Days was a movie that you and I kind of on a lark were like, I guess it's Halloweeny sort of. It's got Satan in it. We'll do it for Halloween, and both of us were just like, this movie's fucking great. Like we were yeah, both floored by it. Yeah, both those movies. Both those movies are those are the actually the two that we crossed over on. Okay, uh, mine were all first watches, and I would say okay. the the for the most part, the uh, unifying factor with all of them, with the exception of I'd say two. So eight out of the ten are movies I really, really didn't want to watch. Uh, two of them were movies I had never even heard about. And uh, most of the movies we've never heard of are like total duds, right? S- some of them turned out to be some of my favorite movies of the year. Yep. Um, 
And 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 there were also movies. I'll, I'll say one more thing. There are also yes. movies that that I'd never heard of, and and you didn't say this movie is great. Like I'd never heard of Girl of the Bridge. I'd never heard of Last Night. But you weren't like. But you were like, you got to watch these. These are amazing. The other two are movies we've never seen. Okay. Okay. Uh, the eight movies that I was afraid to watch, and and loved, Blue Streak, Life, Twin Falls, Idaho, End of Days. Held up, obviously simply irresistible. Oh my God. Dudley Do Right, the movie I was most afraid to watch of the whole podcast, Julian Donkey Boy, that I loved, yep. and then uh, the two films I'd never heard of that I was crazy about: Guinevere and My Beloved Two Hands. You know, again, I'm just I I feel like an asshole for not including Guinevere on this list because that was a first watch, and I did really love that movie. Um, yeah, it, it, you you named some class. There's some classic Kenny picks on there. Um, that that list all, is yeah, rife the, with with Clint, with Kenny picks. Kenny pick. Well, held. I think held up and simply yes. irresistible. Yes. Are 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 held up? <laughs> held up is one of my favorites of the whole year because yep. uh, what a what? No one's ever going to watch that movie. No. No one's going to ever watch that movie. And 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 and. Oh. It, it, Really like it really could have been like a perennial in a weird way. Like uh if we ever get to meet Sarah Paulson, the first thing we have to say is I love Jamie Held Up. I would love you. <laughs> I would say that to, I'd say that to Jamie Foxx. Um, all right. So yeah, but I do I love all these movies. Oh, I think great. they're all like even Blue Streak was a movie I always thought yeah. like like looked so fucking stupid. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Life is a movie that always seemed like like the worst. It it looked like it looked like to me, honestly, it looked like fart joke the movie, and it's yep. incredibly it's, poignant. It's great. It's great. It's a brilliant yeah. little movie or big movie, um, and yeah, good flicks all around. So, all right, we still let's, have international, international feature, feature, best doc, best animated. Guys, we're getting close. We're getting we're close. getting close to the big ones. Yep. Let's do our best. Uh, let's do best international first. Okay. Um, what were the nominees? The real life nominees were a lot of movies we didn't cover, unfortunately. Whatever. <laughs> uh, whatever. What are you gonna do? We got some fucking. We watched some bangers, so like I feel good about it. We did. We did a good job. Yeah. Uh, East West, uh-huh. a French film by uh-huh. Regis Warnier. Okay. Himalaya, a Nepalese film by mm-hmm. Eric Valley. Mm-hmm. Solomon and Gaynor, a Welsh film okay. by Paul Morrison. Under the Sun, a Swedish film by Colin Nutley. We did none of those movies, but we did do All About My Mother, a Spanish film by Pedro Almodovar. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie that I actually don't have on my list. I do. I think. I think that, but I think this was a tremendously strong year. I for international. Um, my what are list. Your nominees? Did, yeah. Uh. Girl on the Bridge. Uh-huh. Bo Trevi. Audition. Perfect Blue. And these are all movies I genuinely like more than All About My Mother, which I really loved. And my winner, which is the opposite of Blair Witch to me, I kept coming back to it over and over and saying, I actually think this is one of the best movies of the year. Run, Lola, run. Fucking love it. An important movie to me. Totally agree with you. Uh, I... So my nominees, Audition, Girl on the Bridge, Run Lola Run, Beau Travai, All About My Mother. Um, I went with Girl on the Bridge. You know, 
I love Run, Little Run as well. That was another one of those movies that I saw back in the day, hadn't rewatched. We watched it together, obviously. Um, one of our early movies that we did, and we were just like, yeah, this movie's a fucking masterpiece. Like, it's 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 unbelievable. Um, but Girl on the Bridge, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more as, as we get deeper into this, but uh, yeah, love Girl on the Bridge. Best Documentary. The actual nominees for the best documentary mm-hmm. of the year. Uh, another one we didn't do them all. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't do, do them all. We didn't do them all. <laughs> Buena Vista Social Club by Vin Vendors, which we did do. We did Genghis do Blue, Vin Vendors, and Ulrich Felsberg. Mm-hmm. Genghis Blues by Rocco Belich and Adrian Belich. On the Ropes by Nanette Burstein and Brett Morgan. Some those. Pretty significant documentarians. Yeah. Uh, Speaking in Strings by Paula de Florio and Lilibet Foster. And the winner, One Day in September, which we almost did, by Arthur Cohen and Kevin McDonald. Yeah, I mean, this was, you know, listen, our, our listeners obviously know that these two categories in particular, there are a lot of foreign films that are made in a year, and there are a lot of documentaries that are made in a year. And, you know, some of them, we tried to cover the ones that made an impact that's not any sort of a slight on the nominees but you know we did what we did because these are the movies that you know got a theatrical release of prominence to some degree or another and you know so that's what we we, we definitely tried our best i think yeah. honestly of all the films we didn't do one day in september is the one i wish we had yes um but we didn't do it we didn't miss a lot we missed we missed you know five but uh yeah, no, yeah. one day in september i think is is a a valuable piece of media. i agree so I what agree. Are you gonna do? my nominees for best documentary are american movie american pimp 42 up mr death and overnight i know that overnight didn't come out in 99 but we did it on our podcast and i don't really give a shit so overnight is in my nominees it's on my winner my winner is 42 up uh okay my nominees are 42 Up, mm. Mr. Death, American Pimp, Beyond the Mat, obviously. And uh, my winner, one of the best movies ever made, American Beauty. American Movie. <laughs> it was it was between 42 Up and American Movie for me. Do you realize that there's a there are four American movies this year? American four Beauty, American. American Pie, American Pimp, and American Movie. <laughs> But American movie is one of the best American movies ever made. It is. It's a. I mean, listen, we're going to talk about it, obviously. But uh, yeah, I. Um, I. It's fucking great. Um, Forty two up. We talked about uh, on our episode, but I, I do think that you know it's worth noting. Uh, I had not seen the previous films. I kind of went into this cold. Uh, I, I would argue that we almost didn't cover this. And if it was not for the persistence of Jeff Greenstein, I'm not sure that we would have. I'm thrilled that we did. And I am incredibly appreciative that he that he um, thrust it upon us. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it came down to a 42 up an American movie for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're great films. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, me too. I, I basically I made this list before I watched American movie. Sure. Put American movie on the uh, the nomination list because I you knew love that be one film, of them. yeah. And it wasn't until we were watching it where it's like, obviously, this is my number one. All right, so best the Oscars animated did not have a best animated. 
1999. Oh, right. That's okay. a fairly new one. I believe Shrek was the first one that won, and I think that's 01. So, uh, so we're doing this. This is for us. This is for us. Best okay. animated flick. Yep. All right. Uh, your nominees. Princess Mononoke. Fantasia 2000. Perfect Blue. Toy Story 2. And what can I say? Taking of all the trophies, South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Yeah, I mean, so my nominees are... uh, It's tough. It's tough. Uh, Princess Mononoke, Perfect Blue, Tarzan, Toy Story 2, South Park. Um, And Tarzan's kind of like a whatever. But uh, I thought you loved Fantasia 2000. I liked it. And in hindsight, it certainly should be there instead of Tarzan, just because Tarzan is meaningless to me for all intents and purposes. Um, I went with Toy Story 2. You know, listen, I love South Park. It's obviously a masterpiece. It's obviously brilliant. Um, Toy Story 2 just hits me in the feels. And I can't I can't sort of I can't fight that. But that's where I'm at. Very much a six and one half dozen of the other, to be honest. Indeed. They're they're both excellent. All right. So we're into the We're We're at at the meat. We're at the meat. Let's do our yeah. screenplays, okay? Here it is. Yep. All right. Here it is. Here we go. Adapted? Let's do adapted first. Okay. In real life. Yes. Best uh, screenplay based on materials previously produced or published. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Election. Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor. Green Mile. Frank Darabout. Insider. Eric Roth and Michael Mann. Talon, Mr. Ripley, Anthony Miguel, and the winner is John Irving, based on his own novel. Uh, what are your nominees? Oh, yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, Anthony Miguel, obviously. Talon, Mr. Ripley. Andrew Stanton, Rita Shaw, Doug Chamberlain, and Chris Webb, Toy Story 2. Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor for Election. Trey Parker and Matt Stone for South Park. And my winner is... The great Stanley Kubrick and Frederick Raphael, who may be good, I don't know, for Eyes Wide Shut. Um, my nominees. So I kind of fucked up here. I completely okay. forgot that uh, that South Park uh, is previously uh, these characters. Put it in I put it in original, so uh, that's where that is. So I'm no, just putting that out there. Out on, you got to do it on the wall. You got to do it on the fly. Fuck it, you'll do it live. Uh okay okay uh well oh, fuck okay good my nominees the, for best adap- for adapted screenplay are Paul Schrader for Bringing Out the Dead, Sophia Coppola for The Virgin Suicides, Elizabeth Cuthrell, David Yurita, Oren Moverman for Jesus's Son, Anthony Mangella for Talented Miss Ripley, and Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor for Election. I gave it to Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor for Election. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, I actually weirdly back in the day read uh, Trom Novell, the the novella that Eyes Wide Shut is based on. Um, and it's and, and it is the movie is quite faithful um, in the sense that like they really don't deviate a ton from it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I was just an, an unbelievable, um, screenplay. If nothing else, Nicole Kidman's monologues are just tremendous. Um, so I certainly don't have anything bad to say about that movie. Um, Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor's adaptation of election, uh, that's a tonal high wire act of what they're doing. Um, and 
yeah, I just, I, I think it's fucking funny and, and brilliant. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I gotta give it to them. It's a miracle. We said it, it really is a miracle. We said it at the time. It is a miracle. Um, and it's not that it has lessened in esteem. Other movies have gained for me. Correct. Uh, best original screenplay, original screenplay, best screenplay written directly for the screen. Mm-hmm. Topsy turvy, Michael Lee. Or I'll do the other way, excuse me. And Light Shyamalan for Six Sense. Paul Thomas Anderson for Magnolia. Charlie Kaufman for Being John Malkovich. And Alan Ball, the winner for American mm-hmm. Beauty. Yes. What do you got? My nominees are Charlie Kaufman for Being John Malkovich. Don McKellar for Last Night. Richard Curtis for Notting Hill. The Wachowskis for The Matrix and Paul Thomas Anderson for Magnolia. And I gave it to Charlie Kaufman for being John Malkovich. Um, Interesting. Yeah. For what it's worth, uh, the on the fly that I pulled, uh, Notting Hill was my six. So I pulled South Park out of there. Um, It actually was my six too, weirdly enough. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think that this, you know, my... uh, Feelings about American Beauty obviously drastically changed over the years. Um, it's not what it was. Uh, I, I, you know, have nothing but love for for Alan Ball. He's created he created my favorite television show of all time, and I adore him as a writer. Uh, and I think there's a lot of good stuff in American Beauty, um, but I couldn't, in good conscience, uh, put it on there. Bean John Malkovich is is one of those, and we talked about it in our episode, but like it's a miracle movie. It's a a a lightning bolt of a movie that kind of changed the way I thought about movies in a lot of ways. I think it changed the way a lot of people thought about movies. Um, I, I think it's a tremendous screenplay um, in a year with a lot of tremendous screenplays. Yeah. Uh, mine were mm. Emmett Shyamalan for Six Sense, Don McKellar for Last Night, Gregor Jordan for Two Hands, mm. The Wachowskis for <laughs> Every Time I Say Two Hands, you got a snar- you got a sniff. The Wachowskis for The Matrix and the winner, of course, Mia Jamakovich, uh, Charlie Kaufman. I'm just amazed what? at how much love you give Two Hands. That's all. I mean, I didn't dislike the movie, as you know. I'm just like, you really love Two Hands. I think about it a lot. I really I love, Apparently. I really do. I, th- I think about it a lot. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's just, it's the it's the scrappy movie of my dreams in a lot of ways. You know, it is like that. It is a, It is the scrappy movie that like, that I think, you know, look, you're not always going to get Heath Ledger and Rose sure. Byrne and Brian Brown, but, and obviously, you know, it wasn't really a scrappy movie in Australia when it was made, but it's a movie that you, it's a, it's a movie you could do shot for shot in America uh, with, you know, names for about two or $3 million. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's, in the writing it's in the performances it's in the plotting sure. it's in the uh the ambition and the imagination i think it's just a fantastic movie i don't i, I listen yeah no i know I, 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 I know I, you know I, yeah so but it didn't um, win for me obviously being john malkovich won yeah. it's the uh it, it might be my number one screenplay ever so yes, you know that, I, which i can't say about a lot of things in 99 i can't say that a lot of things are my favorite ever but Kathy Kinder is my favorite supporting actress performance, and B.M. John Malkovich is my favorite screenplay. I think, and that is the story. I I, I can't I can't argue with that. Um, should we? Do you want to do best actress? Let's do best actress. Oy, so yoy. the actual nominees, ladies, ladies first. <laughs> yeah, are you doing actual or me? 
You are. <laughs> the actual nominees are mm-hmm. Annette Benning, Boy, uh, American Beauty, Janet McTeer, Tumbleweeds. I wonder if she made your list. Julianne Moore, End of the Affair, Meryl Streep, Music of the Heart, and Hilary Swank, Boys Don't Cry. Uh, I will go you first. You want me to go? You go first? go first? I shall go first. Sandra O. Oh, last night. Franca Patente, Run, Lola, Run. Hillary Swank, Boys Don't Cry. Julia Roberts, Notting Hill. And my winner, who should have won and would have changed all of history, mm. Reese Witherspoon, Election. Uh, I'm going to give mine, um, and then we will discuss. Uh my nominees were Hillary Swank for Boys Don't Cry, Julie Roberts for Notting Hill, Nicole Kidman for Eyes Wide Shut, Kirsten Dunst for The Virgin Suicides, and Dick, <laughs> and uh, and also uh, Dr. Gorgeous. Dr. Gorgeous. Uh, my winner is also Reese Witherspoon for Election. Uh, it, it is, it's undeniable. Like it, it, it's one of those things where, as I was sort of looking at these nominees, I was like. I don't know that that first of all, I mean, the actual nominees are kind of pathetic, quite frankly. Uh, there's really only one performance, Hillary Swanks, that I think is, you know, and, and, and Benning, you could have an argument about it, but is, sure. Great. It's good. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing, Phil, that I think. Yes. When people say so and so or such and such is a weak year for any yes. category, they have not seen enough movies. I Period. End of story. I could have filled this out with four other nominees. I'm going to give you just for this, just for fun. Right. I'm going to give you my uh, my my short extended list. My extended list, just to like shove it in the face of people who say. And I'm not trying to say that there are like that, that people who say there aren't good roles for actresses are wrong because there aren't only in comparison to how many there are for men. Yes, yes. but there are hundreds of lead actress performances every year. And the idea that all but like three are shit, that's a misogyny. How about that? I agree. Hundred percent. All right. So so here. Yeah. These if if any if any of these seven were nominated, I think they'd be better than the ones nominated. I think people would be happy. I didn't include such incredible performances as Jessica Lang and Titus, Annette yeah. Benning, American Beauty, Diane Lane Walk on the Moon, Sarah Polly and Guinevere, Vanessa Paradis and uh Girl on the Bridge. Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio in Limbo, yeah. and I put Helena Bonham Carter in Fight Club in my best actress. Okay, yeah, I mean, it, truly, it is. It's it's everything you're saying. Every year we have the same bullshit nonsense come out when it comes to Oscar speculation. It always comes to best actress, and I'm telling comes. you, like, I, I, in no way am I trying to say it's it's equitable, but I am trying to say you are not looking Trying. hard enough i agree i agree you know and it's things honestly it's fucking things like in this year the only one so so obviously um hillary swank nominated annette benning nominated good nominees uh reese witherspoon definitely like sn- sniffing around right people like were very aware yeah, that sure. of that performance in that movie and how great she was it's a very unusual performance for a lead actress it's a very unusual performance for someone who's like basically an ingenue yeah. but uh so maybe people didn't really understand how to slot it but like yes. people got it yep. people like there was I mean it got noticed. a screenplay nomination that movie was right. on radars yeah. that's what i mean yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But so, and, and she was on radars too. So like, it's not as if people hadn't seen that, but like nobody talked about Julia Roberts for Notting Hill. Why? I don't know. Nobody talked about Jessica Lang for Titus. Nobody talked about uh, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Like I, nobody, nobody talked, talked about Limbo about, at all. I nobody mean, talked yeah. about Limbo. Nobody talked about Diane Lane for Walk on the Moon, which like we all we both agree is a fantastic performance mm-hmm. that you that would that would that runs circles around music of the heart. But that's not even the point. Yeah. The point is you're just the, the you're not looking hard enough. I'm you're sure of it. Yep, I agree. You're not trying. You're just like uh, in, in in a lot of ways like. You're letting like these Oscar voters and Oscar prognosticators because they have so much power uh, are letting the publicists. Oh, yeah. Determine Run yeah. What's important. And the publicists that the internalized misogyny, I think, starts there. You know, we're like occasionally you have performances like she didn't even get nominated, but like Lupita Nyong'o for us, that like is not necessarily Crazy. an Oscar movie, yes. but a movie that like people are like, we should maybe consider this. Right. Well, we should, like, and we're seeing we're seeing it this year. I don't think Nope is going to get much. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think well, that I think it's going to be overlooked. But they're talking about Kiki and um, supporting, which is weird to me. Yep. yep. Um, but occasionally you have things like that where where a movie, you know, where its only play is best actress. But like, God, I don't know. Like, I don't think and I don't think I did. I, I picked any of these to like be any any of any of my nominees here there anywhere to be provocative i think these are 12 excellent performances i totally agree with you best actor the best who, actor who are the guys the dudes the bros the bro- denzel washington the hurricane sean penn sweet and low down richard farnsworth the straight story russell crowe the insider and kevin spacey american beauty i think i'm over five on this one <laughs> uh Should i go first i in fact i am yeah go ahead Okay. Uh, I didn't even put nom- any of these guys in my long list, which only is four guys. So my nominees are Richard Farnsworth for The Straight Story, Nicolas Cage for Bringing Out the Dead, Billy Crudup for Jesus' Son, Russell Crowe for The Insider, and Terrence Stamp for The Limey. And my winner is Richard Farnsworth for The Straight Story. I think yeah. he's... Yeah, he's amazing. We 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 are over. I'm over five on you with you too. <laughs> I uh, I think Richard Farms. First of all, I think the Straight Story is a movie we did pretty early on. It's a very quiet movie um, from one of our least quiet filmmakers, uh, and I think that it kind of. I don't want to say disappeared, but I don't think about it that much as we've been doing this year. And as I was doing this list, I was like this. His performance in that movie is beautiful and stunning. And uh, I absolutely adore him in that film. Um, I love its quietude. I love everything he's bringing to it. Um, I think it's it's not a David Lynch movie. People have seen enough. So uh, I, I just really wanted to give it its due and give that performance its due. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm considering giving it to, to Bill Borchardt after seeing American Be- American movie. But we're gonna we're gonna hold off on that. Oh, one. Bill, my I mean, what a performance! <laughs> what my, a performance! My best actor. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my my four uh, runners up. Why not? Okay. Okay. Uh, four excellent performances that I think you know. Let three legendary performances and one excellent performance from Two Hands by Heath Ledger. Uh, the other ones: Matthew Broderick in Election, John mm-hmm. Cass, John Cusack and B.J. Malkovich. And Matt Damon in Towns of Mr. Ripley. Sure. 
Uh, yeah, Damon all, was Damon was on my long list as well. Those three in particular uh, were overshadowed by their co-stars by mm-hmm. in some of these cases by multiple co-stars. Yes, and uh, they're all incredibly strong leading performances. They're all real. I love. I actually I think they're 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 more similar than they are different. Sure. Like some really fucking you know tragic traumatized leading men uh, just running roughshod. <laughs> On the people around them from three really, it's I, I got you know what, man, that's really interesting. Broder, Cusack, and Damon, three like teen stars essentially, yep. who are known for playing really, really good people like, yep, really good people. Fucking Will Hunting and Ferris Bueller and fucking Lloyd Dobler, yep, all playing these fucking crumb bums. All right, I cuckolded, yeah, <laughs> these cut there, <laughs> Jesus. All right. But my best actor nominees are yes. I almost, almost. Now that I thought, think about this, I almost disappointed. Denny Levant, Beau Trevi, sure. Forrest Whitaker, the Ghost Dog. Mm-hmm. Al Pacino, the Insider, which I maintained is the better performance. David Chatharin, Limbo, which I loved, and the winner, and the champion of this podcast. Oh boy. Tom Cruise in Eyes Wide Shut. I thought you were just say Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I'm not surprised you didn't. You didn't do Tom Cruise because you had him at Magnolia, which is also probably, but probably a um, a subconscious reason why he was not on my sure. supporting actor list because sure. I knew that he was going to be my guy from probably the moment I watched this movie. I think that's really. I think that's really interesting. You know, I certainly considered him. He was definitely in my probably my seven. Um, he's it's such an unassuming performance from him. It's the least Tom Cruise, one of the least Tom Cruise performances he's ever done because he was basically smothered, I imagine, by Stanley Kubrick to force every bullshit Tom Cruise tick and, you know, various safe you know, harbor that he would go to as an actor and forced him away from that. All of this is reasons to say why I think the performance is tremendous, but it's also, um, it's, it's a, it's a weird performance. I don't know how else to say it other than the fact that it doesn't emotionally connect with me as much as I would like it to. It does, but it doesn't ha- I mean, again, it's a chilly movie. It's a, it's a Stanley Kubrick film. Um, we're going to talk more about eyes wide shut, at least from on my side of things in the next two categories as well. But I just think that, um yeah, I I I had to go with something um that hits me in the heartstrings and hits me in the in the feels as as they say. And I yeah, so that's that's why my my uh Richard Farnsworth pick. No, I, yeah, I feel really good about uh, I mean there there are a lot of really, really incredible performances this year, which makes the Kevin Spacey win even weirder and yep. yuckier. Yep. All right, let's move on to our directors. The nominees were back in the day. Back in the day, I don't want to don't I know this off the top of my head by now. Spike Jones, uh, <laughs> Spike Jones for being John Malkovich, Lasse Hallstrom for the Cider House Rules. Did he make your list? Michael Mann, the insider, and Light Shyamalan for the Sixth Sense, and the winner, Oscar winner, as he's been noted every day of his life since, Sam Mendes for Indeed. American Beauty. Uh, do you want me to go first? You want to go first? Which it is no, but I mean, just one thing about Mendes is mm-hmm. he has a movie out right now that no one likes, mm-hmm. um, Empire of Light. 
But uh, it's crazy to think this guy, who I still kind of think at think of as a young filmmaker or youngish at least, yeah, won an Oscar twenty three fucking years ago. Yep. Twenty three years ago, Sam Mendes has been Oscar winner. Sam Mendes, uh, and it's not even like he's an embarrassing Oscar winner, like Tom. Hooper, no, you know, like he's a fucking he's, Oscar winner. He's I a guy. Think- I think Sam Mendes gets a bit of a bum rap and I know he's kind of getting it right now um, with Empire of Light. Um, you know, I liked 1917 as much as a video game as it is. I mean, I don't, the, the whole wonder of it all. Um, I like Road to Perdition. Um, I don't think he's a bad filmmaker by any means, but I, I, I do. Lawson at Empire of Light, like number three on his end of the year list. I mean, I like there are like some people who are yep. like, give it a chance. Yeah. There are also yep. some people who are like, don't give it a chance. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right. So, all right. um, my directors. Yes. My, 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 my directors: Claire Denis, Beau Trevi, The Wachowskis, Matrix, Stanley Kubrick, Eyes Wide Shut, Spike Jones, being with John Malkovich, and my winner, Paul Thomas Anderson for Magnolia. In my opinion, the hardest movie to direct, the most directing. It's the just most directing. A, it's just a just a spectacular piece of directing. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, a a movie in the tone of life. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I, I am I am floored and flabbergasted by that film. Um, it makes no sense. I um so my nominees were uh, Spike Jones for being John Malkovich, Paul Thomas Anderson for Magnolia, The Wachowskis for The Matrix, Julie Tamer for Titus and Stanley Kubrick for Eyes Wide Shut. And I went with Stanley Kubrick for Eyes Wide Shut, the man who never won an Academy Award. Um, now won an, now won an Isco. He's won a fake one. I, you know, it, it's, this was actually, if I'm being completely honest, this might've been my hardest category. I had other, people in it that kept I, I mean Sofia Coppola and and Kimberly Pierce both being in the hunt uh and and I just kind of when push came to shove it really came down to the fact that um you said something to me on text that really stayed with me for director and for picture which was about like uh etching in film history the idea of what is the the movie that the academy should have you know given uh, right. its its flowers to um and Stanley Kubrick, having never won an Academy Award, um, he just he's what he does with this film is unbelievable. And and it doesn't exist without him. It doesn't exist without him spending money for time. Like the budget of that movie wasn't on production design, wasn't even on above the line. I mean, I think I don't even think Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman got paid that much money for the film. He bought time to be able months, yeah. to do what he wanted to do. Um, and God bless him for thing. it. So I, I love him for it. And and to, to your point on Magnolia, obviously Paul Thomas Anderson was in my five. Um, yeah, that movie is the most directed movie. It's it's like what he's doing is is truly absurd and wonderful. And and I love everything it. about it. Yeah. Uh, Here we are, a picture. I guess it's best picture now. Best picture. Who, who would so uh, Kristen Dunst to Brenda Fraser come out to to give it out? Yes, obviously. All right, obviously. I'll do. I'll do. Brandon. So uh, <laughs> don't, don't, Kristen. I know you love me in the mummy. Uh, <laughs> so the did nominees. I did it? But did I do right with Dudley? 
<laughs> so the nominees back no, in 99. No, here's a blast from the past. As everyone knows, the nominees <laughs> in Best Picture for 1999 were The Ciderhurst Rules, The Green Mile, The Sixth Sense, The Insider, and American Beauty. And obviously, American Beauty won. Mm-hmm. My nominees for Best Picture for 1999 are Magnolia, Being John Malkovich, Eyes Wide Shut, The Talented Mr. Ripley, and Election. And my winner is Eyes Wide Shut. I think that there, this was hard, and I did it. I had a really tough time trying to figure out how to separate my heart from my head and trying to put myself into an Academy member's. there's lots of movies that didn't make the cut. This was hard for me to get it down to five. Um, The matrix being the biggest one that didn't make the cut. Um, That was my sixth slot. Um, Wow. But I had to go with my gut and I had to, I I just, you you know, so that's, that's me. What are yours? Okay. So for me, there were four obvious ones. Okay. Uh, And I think that these have been the four obvious ones for a while Mm -hmm. for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Eyes Wide Shut, Magnolia, B.J. Malkovich, and The Matrix. Uh, the question for me was, what is that fifth going to be? And I went back and forth with a lot of different movies and ran down a lot of what it could be, what it should be, what it might be. And I landed on one that I think might surprise you, but I think is just an incredibly important film, um, a beloved film, hmm. and one that I hope never goes away because it's one of our finest films. I went with the sixth sense for the last nominee. Um, okay. And the winner is the matrix. Uh huh. And which was why I was so surprised you didn't nominate it. it and I guess, six. I guess the, the rationale is I'm good. I'm going the full, I'm going the full matrix on this one. I, I do think it is the best film of the year. Uh, I do. I really do. I do think it's genuinely the best film, the most interesting film. It has the most interesting things to say. Uh, the most long lasting film, which we can say now that we couldn't say then. I think it's incredibly stylish. It's forward thinking, but it's also romantic. It's sincere, which you know, I love. Um, intellectual though. Uh, it's just an incredible filmic experience. And I think it, look, obviously the Academy never would have awarded it but my sense is they would have wanted to and had they had because it was close i mean if one editing there's something there there are definitely like a lot of people saw and love this movie who don't normally see and love movies like this if it had one could you imagine the the, the course of film history how it would have changed things i, I mean just to be abundantly clear Mm-hmm. I love the Matrix. Of course, and, I, and I'm, I'm I'm not in, I'm not in any way suggesting that it is undeserving of any of the things you're saying. Um, you know, I, I think that ultimately, um, it to your point, had it won, had it been nominated, it definitely would have changed things. Um, it already changed things, but it would have changed things in terms of the way that people look at a film like the Matrix, right? right. Um, it and and that I don't is a film that can win which we right. still are looking for a film well, like that, that can win. Yeah. It feels like um, we have yet to have a sci-fi movie win best picture. 
Um, we've had a fantasy one, obviously, with Lord yes. of the Rings um, and, and lots of uh, nominations. Um, Mad Max getting a nomination uh, in Best Picture with an expanded category, obviously. Yeah, um, but but you know. definitely one of the top five. Yeah. And Avatar, definitely one of the top five. But, uh, but to your point, the Matrix had it won, it would have it would have changed things. I would argue um, on the Eyes Wide Shut side of things, I I think that... Um, I think that movie also has aged incredibly well. And I think that that at in its moment it was, you know, you can make an argument about Warner Brothers marketing that film as a sex thriller or whatever the fuck they thought they had to do to get people to sit in the theater to see it. Um, you know, they hoodwinked I think a fair amount of people into the theater. Um. Uh, and I think that that's why there was kind of this quote unquote stink on it at the time. But I do think that that movie now um, is, is synonymous with 99 in a way it is. that the matrix it is. is. Um, it is. And I think that that's, that that's why for me anyway, it's, it's sort of, it's the, the lasting one. Yeah. I think those are the, uh, I, I think though to me at least, and yeah, you didn't put it on your list, but that's fine. <laughs> I think those are the four intellectual pillars of the year. Uh, being John Malkovich. I think being John Malkovich. Honestly, I think it's being John Malkovich um, and the Matrix and Eyes Wide Shut. And honestly, to me, the fourth pillar is Blair Witch. Um, those are the four pillars of the year. But Blair Witch is just not a movie that I think is even remotely something that should be considered yeah. for best picture. And Magnolia is my is, you know, is like. You know, remember Captain Planet? The fifth element was heart. That's Magnolia for me. So we got our top 25 to do. We do. Um, how do we do this? What's the best way to do this? All right. So let's go backwards in fives. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So okay. uh, I'm going to start with my 21, 25 through 21. All right. 25 Any, through 21. Okay. 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 Anything that jumps out at you, feel free to comment <laughs> window with my five. Go. 25, Office Space. 24, Two Hands. 23, The Ghost Dog. 22, The Insider. And 21, Limbo. I mean, outside of Two Hands, which we've talked about already, I, uh, I, yeah, those are all great picks. My, my uh, 25 is South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. 24, Jesus' Son. 23, The Blair Witch Project. 22, Last Night. And 21, Titus. Okay. All right. I would have thought I mean, South Park would be higher considering how many flowers you've given it. Uh, yes, but there's more flowers for the things that are coming. All right. A lot of flowers. Yep. 20 through, uh, 20 through 16. Yes, yes. We're getting into really good movies, right? I, yeah, this is like, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. It gets really good really <laughs> it fast. It gets really good really fast. All right. Number 20, Cruel Intentions, mm. The Limey, The Fight Club, The Talent of Mr. Ripley, and Audition, which wow. I gave a 98. But I want to yeah. I, I, I make it clear. These are, these, these are the, this is from my heart, like, Pure heart. These are hard this picks. Is, Penny loves these movies the most. 20, Galaxy Quest. 19, The Straight Story. 18, Fight Club. 17, Sleepy Hollow. 16, Three Kings. I don't think any of those made my list. Fight Club <laughs> did. All right. 
Uh, 15. Mm -hmm. Girl on the Bridge. Mm -hmm. 14. Any Given Sunday. 13. Beau Travai. 12. The Sixth Sense. And 11. My Beloved. Run, Lola, run. 15. The Insider. 14. The Limey. 13. Audition. 12. Bringing Out the Dead. 11. Notting Hill. All right. This is it. This is it. Top 10. Top 10 for the whole podcast. Number 10. Mm. South Park. Bigger, longer, uncut. Number 9. Election. Number eight, 42 up. Number seven, Notting Hill. Mm-hmm. And number six, Eyes Wide Shut. Number 10, Boys Don't Cry. Number nine, The Virgin Suicides. Number eight, Toy Story 2. Number seven, Election. Number six, Girl on the Bridge. Okay. I didn't have three of those on my list. Not to say I don't like them, just yeah. to say, you know. Yeah. This is this is the heart. All right. Let's go backwards. Let's go, let's go one for one for the top okay. five. All right. All right. Number five for me. Mm-hmm. American movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh number five for me is The Matrix. Number four for me is The Matrix. <laughs> number four for me is Eyes Wide Shut. Number three for me is Last Night. Wow. So high. I love it so much. Number three for me is being John Malkovich. Number two being John Malkovich. Number two for me is The Talent of Mr. Ripley. That shot all the way up. Did you get a chance to rewatch it? I did. And number one for me (laughs) is my... Beloved, your darling, beautiful, <laughs> gorgeous heart, Magnolia. You made it, baby. Uh, it's mine. It's mine. <laughs> it's my number one as well. I, I can't believe Ripley made it all the way to two for you. Wow, it really? It really did. I think that you know it's something you said to me that I really tried to to think about as I was doing these as well. Um, was uh, separating the kind, trying to separate the best picture from the the top favorites or whatever um and really it came down to just um rewatchability and just a love of of watching the movie like i I know that that's a weird thing to say but i i really came down to thinking about how many times i've watched the talented mr ripley how well i know that movie how underseen i feel like that film is how underrated it is you know we've talked about this a lot but this is the last episode so i'm just gonna say it again and that's a movie that should have been a big fucking Oscar contender in 1999. It had all of the various things there. And for whatever reason, people just dismissed it as this Hitchcockian what have you and just didn't give it its due. And I felt like for me, sandwiching it between Magnolia and Malkovich, two films that I adore, but I'd be lying if I said I watched them super often, felt right to me. So... You know, I had it at 22, and I feel pretty good about that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, (laughs) wait, wait, no, that's not true. I didn't have it at 22. I had it at, I I didn't number it. So wait, so I haven't been trenches. Uh, I had it at 16. 
17, 18, 19, no, 17, 17. Uh, I had it at that's 17. a good number. It's a good place to be. It's not, in, you know. In this yeah. year, you know, look, I had it above Fight Club, The Limey, yeah. Cruel Intentions. Like, yeah. you, even, like, the thing with 25 is I yeah. thought we'd get to, like, fuck around a little more. But I, it wasn't really possible. When I, I, when I wrote the list, because what I did, I don't know how you did it, but I just wrote, I just typed up a list. No numbers, just like these are the movies that come to mind. Yeah. And I got to 23 just off the dome of like, these are 23 movies that I really loved. So there really wasn't a lot of wiggle room for like putting in some outliers or putting in some stuff that it just like it's that deep a year. I mean, I would say, honestly, Jesus, the son is probably the one kind of like slightly off center you know off the beaten path movie which i really love and i really want people to watch if they can but yeah i mean i i look i've been office space was in my top 10 at the beginning of the year it in no way has diminished in my mind i love yeah. that movie but it's 25 so just to give you a sense uh yeah. drop dead gorgeous was my 26th and i that i popped that off at the too. end yep, yep. And uh, and the one thing that I I guess I kept coming back to, much like Ron Lola Rum, where I'm like, this movie has to be represented. I love it too much. Uh, I, is Ghost Dog? Kept I, I I kept being like, I think about this movie all the time. Like I yeah. constantly referencing it in like actually in my work and in conversation and in my mind. Like it has to be represented here. It's too, it's it's become I, it's become foundational for me. And you saying that, I, I think that not to change my list, because I'm pretty confident and we're happy with my list, but I, I, I also feel like I could swap out Jesus' Son for Run Lola Run, and that's probably the right answer. Like, I think that they're two drastically different films, but there's something about that that episode that we did, trying to harken back to it and thinking about how we talked about it and what it was like, like it, it, it's, it's, it's a tremendous movie. It sh- should be on my list. I, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's hard to know, but yeah, there are, there are a few movies here where I, I think every, and the, I would also include the limey in that for me, another movie that like, yes. I don't think I was so effusive about on the podcast, but I keep remembering it, thinking about it, referencing it, like just these, you know, it. yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. There's so there's so I, many yeah. great, great movies on here, but yeah, you didn't, we didn't really have a lot of wiggle room to fuck around that much. Well, and the thing too is, and I'm, I'm actually going to do this on the fly right now is pull up my top 10 from when we did it at the very beginning um, mm-hmm. to see how it's changed. Yeah. Cause I'm curious about that. Um, let me see where it is. Um, if I can find it here. Because I do feel like we um actually you know freak this, I don't know I'll do it. Um I, I do feel like my list didn't change that much. I don't know if it did for you. Every one of my films in my initial ratings is on my top twenty-five. Uh but they mm-hmm. changed orders. Some some moved up, actually, interestingly enough, and uh uh, some moved way down. I mean, Office Space moved way down. Um, but you know, Notting Hill yeah. moved up, and um, Eyes Wide Shut moved up from from seven to you know, I didn't move up that far. Moved seven to six, you know, and Notting Hill yeah. moved up uh, Mine, from ten a, to seven. Uh, so the biggest one that fell was Fight Club. It fell from five to eighteen for me. Uh, American Beauty fell off the list entirely. Um, Bringing Out the Dead moved up like two slots for me. Uh, Toy Story 2 moved up two slots. 
election moved up one slot. Talented Ripley moved up f- from six to two. You said Fight Club was eight on your original list and fell to eighteen. Yeah, it was at five, and it oh, fell. To mine 18. was mine was eight and also fell to eighteen. Yeah, I mean, Bean John Malkovich was my number one. Me too, and now it's now it's my it's, number now two. It's, now it's my number three. Magnolia uh, was my number two. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what's interesting, I think to your point, is that um, all of these movies, except for one, are represented on the 25, right? So it's just the movement within it, I think, is 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 interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, Girl on the Bridge wasn't on my list. Virgin Suicides wasn't on my list. Boys Don't Cry. Like, again, movies came on that I had not given their due back in 99. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, the movies that jumped onto my list that I didn't even, that I hadn't seen or that I didn't put on my initial top 10. I mean, Last Night at 3, American Movie at 5, 42 Up at 7, Yep. Um, Run Lola Run at 11, Bo Travai at 13, Any Given Sunday 14, yep. Girl of Bridge 15, uh, and then most of the rest of the list, uh, outside Fight Club, uh, were, were new. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like I, we watched a lot of great new we movies. We watched a lot of great movies. And I, and I'll just say that there's a couple that I just want to, I mean, Girl on the Bridge is a big one that I wanted to underline for a second there. The Limey is a big one. Um, Titus is a big one. Uh, you know, it, it is interesting the movies that we saw audition. Like these are movies that kind of came into our perspective of '99 that shifted where those initially beloved films were, which I think is obviously the the, the biggest part of all this. But um, here we are at the end, Kenny. That's it. That's it, bro. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, listen, this was, uh, I loved doing these, not just the podcast, but doing these individual, these award show episodes, I think gave a really great sort of signpost over the five years. And looking at sort of um, each year as it was broken up on our wiki and sort of seeing like which years were better than others to some degree. Uh, you know what I mean? We had some years where yeah. we'd thin things out or, you know, pandemic, various things came into play. There's all sorts of stuff. But like overall, um, it's 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 an unbelievable feat that we actually accomplished this. <laughs> we this, did it. This stupid task that we took upon ourselves. Well, ah, uh, man. I loved it. This is, all right. So this yeah. is it for me. Well, this is it. No, I think it is. I mean, I'll come back on uh, as a guest, mm-hmm. but I think this is it for me as a podcast host. Uh, and it's been a quite a ride. We did what we wanted to do, and now I'm going to disappear. Um, and okay. you'll you'll never hear from me again. It's like a story I, <laughs> it's a story I told once in the Step Up Writers Room, and they all took it the wrong way. So I wonder if our listeners will take it the wrong way too. Oh, great, great preamble. But I was, I had a, a counselor at camp who I loved. Uh-huh. He was my favorite. There were like a few, but like this guy, his name was Alan. And he was everyone's favorite counselor. And yeah. he was the coolest guy. You know how they are. But he was also a bit of a like, you couldn't pin him down. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a nomad. He lived out of his like truck for a while. He lived off the grid in Maine. No one really knew like where he lived. He show up at camp. He was like the coolest guy basically came with like three pairs of shorts and a few white t-shirts and was like an amazing basketball player and just uh-huh. just was awesome. So basically he 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 was from Philadelphia where I went to college. And 
out of nowhere, my senior year, I get a call from Alan, a number I don't know. I had spoken to him in years. I'd been to campus three or four years. Okay. And uh, he says, I'm in, I'm on campus right now. He actually went to Penn, too. And he's about uh, 10 years older than me. He's like, I'm on campus right now, and I want to see if you want to come and uh, and meet up. We'll get dinner and hang out. So I went, met up with this guy who I think is the coolest we got dinner. We got drunk. I brought it back to my house. We played beer pong. He met my girlfriend. We hung out till, you know, the sun came up and it was amazing. It was like, really like one of my, one of my favorite nights. And then at the end of the night, I go, uh, I guess he called me from a block number or something, or maybe a payphone, literally. Cause I go, Alan, can I have your number so we can, you know, talk? And he's like, Kenny, I found you this time. And, uh, and if I want to see you again, I'll find you the next time. And that's what I'm going to say to everybody on this podcast. I mean, here's here's why I if think I want it's to see that, if I want to see you took again, offense to this. I'll find you the next time. That's that's the part that's that's that I think could be interpreted as offensive or insulting. If I want to find you again, is can be thought, in, taken as no no no. They, when they, I they feel thought, like no, seeing they, you they, again. They, they they thought that it was uh that wasn't my way of saying goodbye to them that was i pitched it for a story but they thought like they're like no like it sounds like he's a predator but he's not <laughs> oh i didn't take it that way my t- my no 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 my point is yes. i'm gone like i'm I, i'm gone i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to uh, as 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 clay keller says i'm i'm going to disappear into the pit, pick ether uh this has been the really the best experience i love all of our guests i think ernie's been just a tremendous producer for this podcast and has stuck with us from the beginning i've already done the thank yous on other podcasts but um the 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 biggest thank you is to you the (laughs) listener just kidding it's to you phil but the second biggest is to the listener uh you guys are all great um Everyone who communicates with us is great. It's been uh, a lot of fun feeling like I've been part of the conversation for the past five years. Um, and I know that a uh, podcast like it's 1992 is going to be more awesome. Probably. I think Phil has like more awesome things planned and uh, I will, I, I'll, I'll, I'll sneak back. I'll sneak in through the back door every once in a while to do a, uh, a, a, you know, body comedy, but, um, <laughs> That's it. Uh, Phil, I, I mean, I, Phil, I'll talk to you tomorrow. But you know, <laughs> the rest of you, the rest of you, I'll, I'll find you when I want to see you. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say this. You know, it's been it's been quite a journey. It's been quite uh, a, an emotional roller coaster. Um, it's uh, it's been a lot of work. <laughs> uh, it wasn't the easiest thing to do this for five years for for either of us. It's a it's a hugely time intensive thing. Uh, I completely understand uh, why Kenny is is bidding adieu. Uh, it is um, he's got you know I, I had a phone call with Kenny last night uh, and <laughs> four <laughs> screamy children in the background. Someone was ringing the doorbell. He was making dinner uh, and he was answering like ten children's questions. Uh, so Kenny's got a lot on his plate. So I I do I do understand it. Um, obviously. You know, Kenny and I are, are going to continue to be friends. He's going to continue to uh, come on from time to time for movies that he simply refuses to let other people talk about, which is completely yeah. understandable. Yeah. Um, and I'll be, I'll be host emeritus on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, host, exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, listen, 1992 is around the corner. There's a Patreon that'll be announced uh, or has been announced by this point. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, 
Love you, man. This was great. Love you, man. Uh, and we'll, we'll we did the whole know. goddamn thing. We did the whole damn thing, and uh, you know we'll keep talking movies. It's gonna be great. All right. All right. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.